Welcome to the Scottish Fisheries Museum podcast series, Anchored Marine Life in Lockdown. In this series, we take a look back through lockdown so far and share the experiences of people and organisations linked to the marine environments and maritime industries in Scotland. I'm Andrea and in this episode we speak to Cara Brideson, the Executive Director of Fisheries Innovation Scotland, Karen Seath, the Managing Director of Karen Seath Solutions and Chair of our museum, the Scottish Fisheries Museum. We also speak to Jane McMinn, Director at Firth of Forth Lobster Hatchery and Geophysics Researcher and Teacher at St Andrews University, Dr Richard Bates. With lockdown leading to people working from home, we talk about the changing work environment to those who work behind a desk, how their work has been affected, and how they have dealt with working from home. Let's find out more about our guests. Uh, my name's Jane McMinn and I'm a director at the First Port Lobster Hatchery and one of the founding members. Yeah, so, so my name's Richard Bates and I'm a uh, geophysicist in fact by training and I work in earth and environmental sciences at University of St Andrews. I spent a number of years in industry working as a contractor and a consultant in um, based out of the US and uh, the work that we did as a company was uh, everything from well, oil and gas uh, research to mining to environmental to groundwater and then more recently in you know well I should say since coming back to the University of St Andrews um, I've really gone and concentrated much more of my career on on um, the application of geophysics to high resolution recording both environmental things and that stretches in the marine sector out to uh, looking at benthic habitats looking at pelagic uh, issues um, and also in archaeology. My name is Karen Seath and I'm the chair of the Scottish Fisheries Museum and um, I'm a marine and fisheries biologist to trade. Spent the first 10 years of working life pottering around the Mediterranean, it was rather lovely, uh, but looking at um, environmental research into the impact of man-made activities on the marine environment. Um, so I worked in France, Italy and Greece, you know, looking at impacts of industry and other activities. All very interesting stuff. I then, when I came back, I worked in aquaculture. Um, so I was looking at the impact of aquaculture on the marine and freshwater environments. And from that, I kind of decided I wanted to work a bit in, well, I wanted to learn a bit more about the commercial ways of working. Um, and uh, so I, I worked with uh, Diageo, um, the, basically the largest drinks producer in the world, alcoholic drinks producer in the world. Um, but I worked um, with them on their, um, mainly in their risk management and regulatory teams and I latterly ended up running the regulatory, the global regulatory team uh, across Africa, Europe and Asia Pacific regions for them. Really, really interesting way you know, to, to learn about uh, the commercial ways of working. I then came out of that because I, I missed environment a wee bit too much um, and I was very lucky to land a post at the University of St Andrews uh, where I was looking after 
the commercial um, entities, uh, wholly owned uh, subsidiaries within the university across biology, um, geology uh, and physics. And within that, um, I was helping them open up new markets um, and that included decommissioning, oil and gas decommissioning. Uh, and that was how I got into, well, I ended up working up in Aberdeen, actually, uh, with a, an oil and gas uh, decommissioning trade organisation um, and ended up running that. Where, um, you know, we, 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 we looked at, you know, helping companies to get into decommissioning, but also because my own interest areas, looking at the impact of decommissioning on the marine environment. Um, I latterly um, decided I wanted to come back home, um, home as Anne Strother, uh, here in Fife. Uh, I set up my own consultancy um, and I've been focusing in on just that actually, the, the impact of decommissioning on the marine environment. I'm Cara Brideson, I'm the Executive Director of Fisheries Innovation Scotland uh, and we bring fishermen and other seafood experts from along the supply chain together to, to champion innovation, really to, to try out new things. Um, and our aim is to help the Scottish seafood industry become more prosperous and, and sustainable. And we, we bring together the Scottish Fishermen's Federation, uh, Sainsbury's and Martin Spencer's, the Scottish Government, Young Seafood and Seafish. They're our board members and our funders, but importantly, We've got a wider technical advisory uh, committee, but also people along the seafood supply chain that not only help us design the projects that we, we commission, but also actually trial them at sea. And what we want to do is create projects that actually come, can, can come up with real practical change for the seafood industry. Not the nice to have projects, not the contribution to the debate project, but what can be really impactful to, to help change the lives, not just of the changing our um, seafood industry, but the people that contribute to that. People have been working from home for months now, and while some are returning to offices a bit more often, the majority are still staying at home to work. Oh, do you know, <laughs> it is, it's a really difficult one. And you have to check yourself, don't you? Because I, I know that I'm very, lucky that I can keep working um, and I'm lucky that I have a house by a garden that I can kick people into. Um, so it has, it's been really difficult. I, I think there's been a lot of, I think we're, we're having to trust each other a lot more in terms of colleagues and people to see because there's been a few times when uh, I've been on Zoom meetings with lots of different people and something appalling has happened to them in their kitchen. You know, the kids have come in or they've forgotten they're not muted and they're shouting at the kids. And my first thing is, oh, thank goodness that wasn't me. <laughs> and, uh, and I suppose, you know, if it, if it did happen, you just have to get over it. But I think we're, I don't know whether this is something about being, um, I don't know, maybe it's a, female thing, but I would just be old if my home life crept into work life in that way. <laughs> it would just be excruciating. And you know what? There may be worse things that could happen. But to answer your question, um, it's, you know, you're working in the kitchen, you have to bribe people with CBBs or, uh, or ice cream and say, give me a bit of time. And to be honest, um, what, I think everybody will be working all hours 
you know, we, uh, uh, we were getting a press release signed off last night because we were, uh, um, we're it was a Fathom podcast that we've been involved in with the Cornish Fisheries Association. And so we were looking at information on that last night and suddenly there were three or four colleagues in different sectors and we were all online at 10 o'clock last night doing emails and I think that's the new world, isn't it? You feel, I feel that we're working all the time but I don't know if we're being that efficient. <laughs> Zoom is no longer a camera function and Teams is not related to sport. We are now all too familiar with these words as ways of conducting meetings, discussions, classes and client meetings. Let's discover how everyone has been getting on with moving online. I do a number of voluntary roles as well, uh, including the Chair of the Fisheries Museum. Um, if I talk about one of the other ones first, the Society of Underwater Technology, I, I chair a group there, the Decommissioning and Rec Removal Group. Um, and, you know, um, there's, we, we had to take our meetings online, uh, which has been an interesting process. It's, it's proven to work really, really well. Um, but, you know, one of the main impacts was we, we always run an annual workshop with, uh, in collaboration with Marine Alliance for Science and Technology for Scotland. And we had to take that online this year. Uh, and we did wonder, uh, with a wee bit of trepidation as to how that was going to work, but it actually worked exceptionally well. Um, and, and one of the real positives out of it actually was the global reach it was able to have because we were all online. You know, whereas people in, uh, you know, in Houston or, or, you know, the Americas, you know, in Australia, you know, where, where there are a lot of large decom projects going on, they were able to join us, which was just fantastic. You know, so they didn't have to pay the extortionate, uh, you know, sort of flight costs, you know, to get, to, to get over here. So um, that was really interesting. Um, you know, and also, you know, I came into the chair role just in August there at the, at the Fisheries Museum, um, and that has proven to be very busy. <laughs> uh, I think partly because it's online, you know, and we're all having to find a different way of working. Um, you know, we've taken our board meetings online, um, and, um, you know, and, and the, the, the team of, you know, um, like yourself, you've taken the exhibitions online, you've been doing podcasts like this, you know, and all sorts of things, you know, so it's, it's been a very, very interesting time, you know, from what we all thought was, well, it's, it's not a good situation, you know, um, but a lot of positives have also come out of it, which is, which is nice. Um, I mean, it's fine. I mean, so, you know, for me, a lot of geophysics is, um, it, it, it's, it's all digital stuff anyway. So I'm taking digital data in the field, I'm processing that, I'm working with stuff online anyway. So moving to, you know, delivering more of it online is, is an easy adaptable thing. The, 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 the problem comes more with, you know, troubleshooting individual, say like when you're teaching individual student issues, um, you know, it's, it's harder to do that on a one-to-one -one basis than when they're in a big classroom and you can sort of wander around their computers and see what's going on. But, um, it, you know, some of what we do has been easier um, online, uh, you, know, into, you know, and again, it's, it just depends on digital content. You know, it wasn't one of these things that I had all this extra free time to do other things with. In fact, you know, keeping up with 
the preparation for and 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 keeping the teaching side going um, took two to three times as much time as it normally would, um, just because of the online nature. This is not the only drastic change that has been imposed on those working from home. Adults have, on average, spent an hour and six minutes less on their commute. The lack of commute can be great for some people, but on the other hand, so many people are already sick of the same four walls. The, the travel thing has been wonderful, actually. It's, I've spent years travelling and it's actually been exceptionally nice not to travel <laughs> and to be at home. Um, but but one thing I would say is that um, being online is is good in some respects, but it also means there's a lot less thinking time, for example, between meetings. Um, and, um, you know, like I would be in the car for three hours at a time. That's a lot of thinking time, <laughs> um, you know, and um, I may or may not have, you know, made, um, you know, uh, phone calls, obviously safely, you know, with, with Bluetooth and everything. But um, um, latterly, I actually stopped doing that because I quite enjoyed my thinking time. Um, you know, whereas now um, I find that everything is so immediate um, that it's, you know, the thinking time is reduced and you physically need to remove yourself from your screen to get that thinking time now. North Berwick's one of the best places in the world to be um, locked into and uh, I've embraced the extra time that I've had on my own uh, with family in Zoom meetings and uh, I've been very, very fortunate during this time. On top of this, many people also have families. And at the start of lockdown, the children were all at home for school as well. I've got um, two, two kids and my, my elder kid is just just baking every day. Because I think, you know, she'll say, she, I think she knows now she can't say, I don't want to do my maths. But if she comes through and says, how about a big cake? We all go, yes, go and bake a cake. <laughs> It's a really, it's a really passive-aggressive way of arguing about what kind of education she wants to have during this lockdown. She's like, shall, shall, I, shall I take the dog and walk and make the cake? Yes, that would be helpful. Okay, I'll go and do that. According to the Office for National Statistics, in April 2020, 46.6% of people in employment did some work at home. And of those who did some work from home, 86% did so as a result of COVID-19. So it's clear to see exactly how big the surge in working from home has been. Moving away from home working into the more business side of things, it's also been a mixed bag, with some people having more time to build relationships and secure contracts, as well as finding ways to continue on existing projects. Because I have my own business um, and I work from home anyway, um, perhaps for me um, it's not been as big an adaptation uh, as it might have been for a lot of other people. We still have um, our ongoing first projects looking at things from um, looking at new gear design, um, a really unique piece of work called the Scottish Smart Troll where we're looking at how can uh, skippers in the wheelhouse make decisions on their catches and avoid discards based on the technology that they're using on their gear. That's been a big piece of work for us, and of course that's ongoing. Um, we're also uh, 
we have a pilot on the on the west coast of Scotland working with the Scottish Fishermen's Organisation and lots of other producer organisations and fishing organisations looking at new technologies for fishermen to share information on their catches. So the, the, this work is, is still ongoing um, and we're, of course, lots of things have, have been delayed uh, and having to work with partners who are going to sea and trialling our projects at sea. There have been delays, but we're, we're still as busy as ever. And I think that's what people are finding, that regardless of having to work from kitchens and not meeting face-to-face, everyone's still pretty busy. So yeah, it's, we're lucky that we have, we have a bit of time for reflection for new things, but our existing projects are, are still going apiece. For some, it's not been quite as easy, with certain markets changing and dropping, as well as forced closures. Um, the company, many of the company decisions for the pandemic have been made for us in that we can't open up. And uh, that's led to obvious lack of funding from donations. Um, we've, we've fared quite well financially because East Lothian Council have enabled a, a small grant for us to keep going and that will help uh, this year and definitely towards next year making an early start and trying to make up for the lack of opening this season. Although the situations vary from business to business, one thing is for certain. We have all learned from this experience. On a personal level, from how to juggle work and homeschooling and how to appreciate our local area more. When they've had projects on World Oceans Day, or projects about choose an animal and do a project, I'm your woman. Same when it comes to S2 French and uh, algebra. Oh dear, I'm realising my limitations here. And then looking at the bigger picture, through to things like how businesses run and the different ways we can utilise technology, which I think will change a lot of things post-lockdown. Learning from other industries, I don't I think, has, has never been as important. How, how could we learn from other industries that have, uh, that have weathered this storm? I think something that's going to be really interesting is when we can properly understand who were the real losers in this. Um, people tend to think of, of the seafood industry as being you know, just this uh, uh, one group of people and not understanding, as I say, you're talking about thousands of different businesses of different sizes doing very different things. And I think thinking about the different sectors in different geographic areas and understanding how they were affected it will be really important. I mean, I do hope that people learn, learn the lessons of, um, you know, not, um, of being able to do things remotely when they can. I mean, I think the society as, as, a, as a, you know, the smart companies, the smart businesses will take this opportunity to do, let their, let their workers work at home, you know, and trust them to do that. And so we should see a lot more of that. And in fact, the companies that do trust in that will see a higher productivity. Um, I think lockdown has changed people's way of thinking. It's changed people's way of working. Um, and it has had quite an influence on attitudes. Um, and I think that is a very good thing. Um, you know, we, we've seen uh, travel 
a vast travel reduction, dramatic travel reduction that none of us pre-lockdown could ever have imagined. Um, and there had been a lot of discussion about um, climate change and um, impact on the environment and how on earth were we going to, in all reality, um, reduce um, you know, our, our human impacts on the environment. And actually, um, albeit this has been a horrendous situation that we find ourselves in, that I think has been one major side effect and a positive that travel has reduced. Um, people have thought about different ways of working. Um, we would never have seen the online working that we see now otherwise. Uh, and I would certainly hope that all of that would continue to a certain extent. I don't think you can ever replace face-to-face um, -face meetings um, and the discussions that you can have in corridors and all these sort of things. You know, you're not ever going to replace that and nobody's going to suggest that should be replaced. But I do think there's a happy medium to be sought and there's a balance there. Um, and for the sake of our, our climate, our environment uh, and the planet we live on, we have to think about things differently. And I do think this has kind of jettisoned us towards thinking about things differently. Will people want to go back to a lengthy commute after getting used to spending more time socialising, albeit online? spending quality time with family or getting out in the fresh air. I spoke to my guests about their thoughts and hopes for the future coming out of lockdown. And something we talk about a lot is people don't often understand that fishing is about thousands of individual businesses. So of course there's going to be concern about sharing information, but we're also colleagues and communities so sharing information in that way that can benefit all of us is, is a really important thing. Our mental health, you know, and people, you know, the impact that this has had on people's mental health, which, which has been absolutely huge. Um, you, you, everyone sees it within themselves, with their families, with um, you know, employees, employers, etc. People in the street, you know, I mean, it's had a major, major impact. Um, and I would hope that coming out, well, whenever we do come out of this, that um, this will have had a lasting impact on people actually taking mental health more seriously um, and employers taking mental health more seriously as well. Um, you know, and I think it's so, so important to recognise impact on mental health. Um, and uh, I think many employers did recognise it before, um, but I do think it should definitely go up the priority list for people now. Um, and that is definitely something that I would hope to see, hope to continue to see coming out of lockdown. Uh, I don't know what the, the future after the pandemic is going to be like. If I really knew that, I'd be doing the lottery. Um, I think that we'll open up at the hatchery as much as we can in the short term. Uh, we've had a lot of online um, presence and interest, so we want to capitalise on that. Um, I'm hoping that it's a gradual out of lock 
down and an increasingly social situation that comes. But quite honestly, um, I, the lockdown has enabled certainly me to reevaluate what's important in life, and that's people's health. So we'll just have to do what we have to do uh, to get there. Thank you to Cara, Jane, Richard and Karen who took time out during uncertain times to chat to me for the podcast. You may hear from them again in the future. Let us know your thoughts on the topics discussed in today's podcast on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram by looking for at Scottfish Museum. Join us in two weeks for episode six of Anchored Marine Life in Lockdown. Thanks for listening.